Hey y'all, this is Sherry Witt, and you're listening to Unashamed. Unashamed is our weekly podcast where we discuss everyday topics from a biblical perspective, as well as having special guests on to give their testimonies on how the Lord has worked in their lives. Our earnest prayer is that God will be lifted up, and this podcast can be used to further His kingdom. Now, on with the show, y'all. For the cause of Christ, I'll live. Well, we're here at Cox Arboretum on this really hot, kid-free afternoon. We're starting to try to get some uh, people lined up to interview, and uh, and it's I guess it's awesome that uh, God has put some great Christian people in our lives that uh, has has been willing to uh, say say that they're wanting to be unashamed and share their testimonies with us and that we can share it with you guys and hopefully be of encouragement to you guys. We don't, uh, you know, obviously we know that this world's kind of crazy, getting crazier uh, as the days go by, And uh, but we're, you know, we just want to be of encouragement to, uh, to everybody because uh, we just know it's not always going to be uh, easy uh, to be able to talk about our beliefs and uh, knowing that there's others out there that are sharing uh, sharing their, our faith uh, definitely makes it easier that we know that others are going to go through the same thing. Yeah, and each testimony that we'll be hearing in, is ended with the same result, that they're going to come to have a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that's really exciting to uh, be able to hear that and be able to share that with with you. But yeah, we're you know, today uh, we... Uh, Kind of did a date uh, afternoon. Went out and grabbed a bite to eat, and we came by. Uh, we're sitting outside here at Cox Arboretum, uh, enjoying the weather, uh, hoping it don't rain on us off too much. But uh, but we just was uh, you know talking about where we're wanting to see the podcast go, and and you know just uh, kind of amazing, uh, I, I guess uh, to to think about what uh, what the Lord's done for us and uh, and how uh, how God's blessed us uh, you know first off uh, I guess uh, that God blessed uh, Sherry and I to, to bring us together uh, uh, you know we were both uh, somewhat happy I guess we thought we were content being single and thought we were going to be single for the rest of our lives and but God had other plans and our past crossed and and, and and we thought we was even, even after we met the first time, thought we were going to go in different directions. And God brought our circles back together. And it's uh, so, in those sense, it's, it's amazing how God uh, works things out. And, and now we have two wonderful boys, uh, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And so it's just amazing how God's uh, bringing everything together and how through our our trials and things and and. God keeps bringing people in our lives that are able to help us and encourage us, and and they've either been through the same thing or are going through the same things, uh, and, and so those things have been been awesome uh, to know uh, know other people are are with us. This is something, I mean, I think we both prayed about for, I know I prayed about it for about a year, and I know you have too, and it just seemed like just within the last month or two, the Lord's really kind of made a way and opened doors for us and I'm really excited about that and you know the whole purpose of the program is um, really try to further the kingdom of God by using you know we're going to be talking about everyday topics from a biblical perspective but more importantly we're going to be having on special people um, to give their testimonies and tell tell you how the Lord's worked in their lives and um, the fact that they're not unashamed of the gospel and it you know, last night was the 4th of July, and we went to go see some fireworks. We didn't stay, but as we were leaving, <clears throat> our 5-year-old is trying his best to memorize John 3.16. And so, there were four teenage boys walking as we were leaving. And he said hi to one of them, and the boy said hi and kept walking. And as he kept walking, our son's like, John 3.16, for God so loved. And then he looked at me and he frowned, and I'm like, well, what's wrong? He's like, he didn't even stop. 
And I was like, well, you know, you got to kind of engage, you know, talk to him. But, I mean, he's five, so he's still learning that. But it was just kind of that part was exciting for me because he's learning at such an early age to witness, even if it's just saying a Bible verse. And he's showing us, even though he's still five and he's still learning, that he's unashamed of the gospel. And it's going to get rougher because the Bible says that we're living in the end time. So it's going to be rougher as he continues to grow, as his generation continues to grow. And our three-year-old to share the gospel with people because people are so offended by things these days. And they want to turn away from God. But it just goes to show you that even someone as little as a five-year-old God can use to further his kingdom. So I thought that was pretty encouraging. So while we're sitting here on this beautiful day with a nice breeze, even though it's 90 degrees outside, it's not that bad. So I'll just start with Bill. Tell me, how, how did the Lord save you? Well, I was uh, around eight years old. Uh, I remember uh, sitting in children's church. Uh, and I remember uh, at the time uh, we had they had a puppet ministry and stuff. But, I mean... The part I remember, I guess, the most was, you know, the the teacher asking about, you know, or talking about Jesus Christ uh, dying on the cross for us, and and how that, you know, we're, you know, we're all sinners, and and it, and I think uh, because I, I seen my mom, uh, uh, you know, live faithful, uh, you know, she she married my dad, my dad wasn't saved, and but I. But I just remember just seeing my mom every Sunday going to church, and uh, and you know, and she took myself and my sisters, or my sisters and myself, to be proper English etiquette. But uh, you know, like, so I just just remember going to church, and and then when the teacher was talking about sin and how how Jesus died for all, that that really really touched me in the in the fact that somebody would be willing to sacrifice everything and even at eight years old I just remember you know when they asked was there anybody that wanted to get saved I, I just remember raising my hand and and we were you know taken into a, a classroom and and talked to and and I, I can't remember anything other than just asking Jesus to come into my heart I don't I don't remember like who, who I was talking to necessarily, but I, I do remember even now. I, I remember like I I run into some people that were my Sunday school teacher and stuff, and I just remember, you know, them now, and I and I'm thinking like how blessed I was to have somebody that was willing to share Jesus Christ with me, and and so when I was at, when I asked Jesus Christ into my heart, I just I, I don't you know I can't remember like oh you know like we think about you know nowadays people say oh i got saved and my life's turned totally around well you know i was eight years old so not it wasn't like i was you know a drug dealer and all those things but i just remember how good god was and i remember you know as going back and looking at my son now as him trying to you know talk to others about jesus and sharing a, a bible verse you know, I, I look back and how I tried to get my dad to come to church with me and and those things, and, and my dad never did. And it wasn't until later on that when he got saved and things changed. And so it, it's just amazing how, like, there again, kind of going back to the whole when Sherry and I met, like, it was like, you know, God brought things around, like, through my mom's faithfulness, going to church, even... Even when I decided, or I thought I was deciding that I wanted to get out of church because I didn't didn't want to go for whatever reason, and I, I think I I say now that you know well, I I quit going to church so I could go fishing with my dad, and but I really don't know a hundred percent what why I did what I did, but I just know I quit going, but then when my dad got saved, uh, God pulled me back into church. Uh, not only just through my dad, but he he didn't just call me back into church and bring me draw me back into church, but he also called me to the gospel and and I guess all those things 
it may sound like I'm rambling and uh, it's just but it's just amazing though I guess what God uh, has did and what God continues to do now you were you were like in a bad car wreck later weren't you I mean it was pretty bad yeah I was I mean I was in a car accident in 2001 uh, September 14th my mommy's birthday uh, my mom and I had went down to visit my aunt down in Kentucky and uh, so when we were down in Kentucky uh, I was I, I think I, I, I believe I was my aunt was wanting a computer or something and at that time I was kind of playing around building computers not not necessarily anything spectacular but I had built her a computer and uh, went down and set it up for her and stuff and and I just remember I had talked to my dad and my sisters and of course this was like pre-cell phone-ish for for my family uh you know so we didn't really have cell phones so we didn't really but I just remember talking to my dad and stuff and they was like oh well you guys come back uh, on the 14th and you know be back and we'll we'll take your mom out to eat and I remember like having that conversation and and of course I may have talked to him on the phone or of some sort and and I may have had a cell phone I can't remember uh but you know it was one that we did it probably didn't have very many minutes on it but so uh <laughs> but so I remember but I do do remember you know like we went and uh uh, you know, we was on our way back, and it was early in the morning, and everybody kept saying, "Well, why are you going back so early for?" And not trying, trying not to tell my mom, you know, "Hey, we're going back for you a surprise birthday, or you know, to hang out with the family, you know." Uh, but and it happened to be a foggy, foggy day, early morning, foggy day, and and uh, so, you know, I think we were, you know, just driving, just but you know, trying to leave early enough to to be able to try to get back in time to have some time to be able to spend uh, as a family for my mom's birthday and uh, God had other plans there and it's amazing uh, there looking uh, as we were driving uh, we were kind of uh, coming we always out, out of the mountains but just you know on those country roads in, in Kentucky that uh, just wasn't wasn't necessarily very wide or anything but just remember looking up and seeing uh, headlights on the wrong side of the on the wrong side of the road coming straight towards us and not able to do anything not knowing what to do and and I believe uh, you know we went went for a spin like the car hit us in a way that we spun and not knowing where we were at and until later on uh, knowing that it was amazing in a sense like looking back that God actually spun us and he spun us up against a, a cliff wall not the other direction which would have been a drop off into a lake and so it, it's just those are amazing things that we backed up against a, a rock wall versus going over a cliff and so through that I mean I, I shattered my leg uh, and and had to be flown careful I did from from Whitesburg Kentucky to Lexington Kentucky and my mom was beat up pretty bad and and so I, I remember my sisters coming to Lexington to see me and they were there not too long after I got there I think I, you know it was all kind of a blur in some ways uh, not knowing how long everything took because I was just kind of in the mercy of everybody else because wherever they took me that's where I was going <laughs> But I just remember, you know, my sisters being there and, you know, of course people, it seemed like everybody was freaking out, but I had a peace about me and it was amazing how God, even at that time, you know, had his hand on me and was just keeping, keeping me peace, peaceful. And, uh, and it wasn't until like three months later, uh, I, I think it was, uh, that I had surgery on my ankle that, and my foot that my, that was shattered in the accident. And uh, the doctor was saying, usually most people are in so much pain, they end up amputating their feet or amputating, you know, that part of the body. So, uh, so I just, I, I thank God again that, you know, I didn't have to have my feet amputated. Now, do I have pain still at times? Yes. But, but I just still thank God that, I, you know, I have both my feet and, and I'm able to walk around. I'm able to do things on my own, not have to depend on others. And so God's been good to us. And he's, 
and he's brought us through so much stuff and and uh, I know just it just amazes me I guess what what God does for us and even though I, and you know I, I'm nobody special I'm not you know I don't deserve what I've gotten I don't deserve the goodness that I've gotten but God God is gracious and merciful and he just he sees us through things and and it just amazes me how how good he is even though we don't deserve things now was it during your wreck is that how you kind of got interested in like being a chaplain yeah i mean when i was in the car accident i I remember the the fire department that came to cut me out of the van Uh, i was you know when you're stuck in a van you can't get out yourself uh and you know i'm sitting there talking to uh, i believe a a female paramedic uh, she was sitting in the van with me we were talking about stuff and she's of course she's telling me hey there, there's gonna be some popping cracking as they start to cut cut the door off to, to get you out and, and so you know they're using the jaws of life per se or whatever whatever you want to call uh, call the equipment that they were using uh, but I, I just remember then that I was I I felt like God burdened burdened me for uh, something, doing ministering to uh, the fire department in some way, and uh, I, I still there's there's times that I I do uh, desire to to be a help to somebody, and it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be a fire department person or, or you know or a police officer, but I, but I'm always appreciative of the work that they do and. And I've been able to learn some great things uh, in that, and I think it's helped helped me in all of my ministries, uh, being able to be there because the the motto of a chaplain is to be the presence, uh, just being presence. You know, uh, ministry sometimes people always think, well, you have to talk a lot. Well, the the chaplain motto is just being presence, just being there. And sometimes just letting uh, letting others talk, and that's uh, that's a, that's an important ministry in itself. Uh, I think to, in today's society, we have too many people that just want to give uh, give advice and not really listen. Uh, and sometimes people don't want don't really need an answer; they just need to be able to release and be able to share their hearts. So through everything that uh, I believe God's brought brought me through. Uh, I, I definitely have seen God's hand in everything. Uh, I know some people might might would say, you know, well, it doesn't really seem like you may be stuck at things out, and I don't really see you in in ministry now. And and you know, Sherry and I both. I mean, I was a pastor for a little over a year at a at a small church, and and there was times that I think Sherry and I both we we were like. Lord, why'd you bring us through this? And but I personally, I believe that everything that we've been through has definitely been a learning experience for us. That we've we've seen God's hand, even even when other people, you know, kind of like I guess the, you know, as Joseph, you know, uh, he told his brothers, he says, "You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good." And even though when people, you know, want to to try to treat you bad or make you look bad or or whatever the case may be, you know, God, if, if you're doing it for God, God's going to do it. Something good will come about it. And I, so I thank God for that. You know, I mean, there's, there is a lot of things that, you know, that, that we do and we don't want recognized for, and we don't, we're not going to advertise everything we do because I don't believe that's what God wants. God doesn't want us out there just recording every activity we do to say hey did you see what uh you know what so-and-so did today i mean now there's times i mean i'm not saying that it's necessarily always wrong to do those things i mean you can record because i think it it is it can be encouraging like i mean i've seen some videos where people have went to give food to homeless and you know they've recorded those instances and and i think that 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 can stir other people to do likewise you know if you see someone in need we shouldn't have to be praised for helping that person in need if we see people in need we ought to be able to help those people and and i think 
I guess in my mind and my thoughts and as Sherry and I've talked, you know, that's part of part of the this podcast is that we want to be able to help people and we ought to, you know, we ought to be able to help encourage people and I, I believe Colossians 3.16 is, is one of my verses that I go to often because Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And I think of that and it's like, yes, you know, this world we live in, it's all about, you know, people always want to tear down. And, 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 and I think, you know, that this podcast can be good and the fact that we can be of encouragement we can share our faith and we don't need to be ashamed of it this world wants us to be ashamed they don't want us to tell them that there's sin in this world that everything they're doing is okay but you know really unless they're doing it for God and serving God it's not okay you know to go on with our lives and and not giving a you know a thought to others, that's sad. Because really, in this world, it's pretty short. But the 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 world to come, when we get to heaven, that's really what it's all about: is being able to praise God and to be able to worship God. And if we can't do it here, man, we're going to be in awful shape when we get to heaven. Well, I was ten when I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Um, I am from Indiana originally, and um, actually it was in August of 1989, so actually next month I'll be celebrating 30 years of accepting Christ as my personal Savior, which is the best decision I've ever made, um, the first best decision. The second best decision was marrying my husband. He's the second best thing in my life, um, but... Uh, it's really cool because I'll admit it here, but usually if you ask me, I tell you I'm 29, but I celebrated my 40th birthday in March, and, you know, that's a milestone and everything, but it wasn't anything compared to knowing that next month I'll be saved for 30 years, and so that was really exciting, but I was saved at Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp in Dillsboro, Indiana, and um, if you are familiar with that area, I am from Westport or the Greensburg, Indiana area. So it's not that far. But when, when you're 10 and you have never really spent the night at anyone's house, it, when you go to church camp, when you go there, it feels like you're 100 miles away. So um, my church was having kids go, and so I was able to go and... Um, my mom and dad and my oldest sister and my middle sister had all they had all been saved and baptized and they were members of church members of the church and my mom had helped out with vacation bible school and then you know one day i guess my dad was like it sunday's my day off i'm going to call it family day and they just quit church and so i didn't really know too much about it i just knew that one day we were going one day we weren't going to church and then we started church and then we quit church and so the only time I got to go to church is if I stayed with my oldest sister stayed overnight because she was still going to church but so I was able to go and had a really fun time I don't really remember all the memories except I remember playing basketball I remember playing softball hanging out with my friends um, being in the cabin with my with my other kids um, from my church and they had this building at kind of the top of the hill that I remember it, and we called it the Tabernacle. And every every night we'd go up there and they'd have service. And I remember it was a Wednesday, and my mom and my oldest sister came to visit. Now, up until then, it was like out of sight, out of mind. I didn't pay too much attention. But, like I said, when you've never spent the night anywhere and you feel like you're like a million miles away from home when my mom and sister came and they got ready to leave I decided I wanted to leave too and so they got in the car my sister locked the doors and away they went and I can remember kind of like trying to unlock the door and kind of running with them and then they they left and I cried a little bit and then it was kind of like out of sight out of mind and went back about my business but I bring the Wednesday up because the next day on Thursday evening when they had services at the tabernacle 
they I don't remember what they preached and I don't remember what they sang or if they did any skits I just remember the conviction of the Holy Spirit and I went back in the back and talked to one of the counselors and ended up accepting Christ as my personal Savior now since then I've heard the story from my sister and it was more of um, my sister telling my mom get in the car and my mom wanted to stay my mom wanted to take me home and my sister was like no she's staying and my mom after they left and the doors was locked my mom turned to my sister and saying it better not be like Jonestown you know she was worried um, but I have since told my sister I'm I'm thankful that they didn't make me go home Wednesday because if if they'd come and got me on Wednesday Thursday would have came and I wouldn't have gotten saved so I'm thankful for that and so I still didn't go to church even after I was saved I didn't go to church much unless I stayed the night with my sister mom and dad weren't in church I went back for vacation Bible school um, sometimes for Easter sometimes for Christmas um, until I turned about 16 and when I got six when I got to be 16 I got my driver's license and so I was excited because I could drive wherever I wanted to and and I decided well I drive to Wednesday night's youth group and the thing with youth group was that everybody in the youth group went to the same school except for the pastor's son who went to a Christian school and myself who went to another went to one of the county schools and so I just treated treated youth group as a social club it's Wednesday I get to see my friends you know I never I mean our our youth pastor he he taught but I never really gave it a second thought about what he was teaching you know he'd open the Bible we'd read but I was just concerned about what my friends were doing and so then a little after I turned 16 there's some issues within our youth group that made me quit I was just done and so I quit church altogether and my senior year I decided I was gonna be a music teacher I don't know what put that in my head except I had a wonderful music teacher a wonderful choir director and she wasn't just a teacher she was a wonderful friend and a great role model and so I kind of was like I want to be like her and so um, hurried up and took the SAT and picked a college and went and hated it it was a very dark time in my life I absolutely hated it I didn't want to go to classes um, and because I didn't have too much of a I guess you could say a spiritual foundation um, and I was still really a baby Christian an infant basically I it was hard it was easy for me to be influenced by non-believers or by people that had backslidden or turned away from God and so I started hanging out with the wrong crowd and basically I flunked out and come home and found a couple jobs and um, at one of the jobs I had met a friend and um, during that time my sister was like you should come back to church you know we've been praying for you and I was like I don't want to go back to that church you know you, you got you know it's very judgmental it's very small-minded the pastor's small-minded and really what I was doing was justifying sin because I didn't know enough about the Bible to see, to see what was sin and what wasn't so when I would hear my sister or the pastor talk about sin to me I was just like well that's just your opinion well because I was ignorant of God's Word and I hadn't read it and um, it was during that time my sister and my pastor's wife and then um, I call her um, my spiritual mother I guess you could say um, her name is Miss Pat but she holds a dear place in my heart because she was one of my Sunday school teachers and even during the times that I was out of church I would regularly get cards from her and letters telling me that she was praying for me and that that really touched my heart but my friend at work said why don't you come to my church and so I went to her church a couple times but it was just it was such a long drive that I was like I don't I just I'm not gonna make that drive and so I finally said you know one day I was like I think I'll maybe go to my the church that I was raised in and um, walked in and it was kind of like um, I took off the rose-colored glasses so to speak and everything was kind of different and for the first time I sat down and I actually opened my Bible 
and I followed along with what the preacher said. And I just, I just didn't follow along with what the preacher said. If he gave a verse, I would go back and look it up to see. Like, I wanted to see it for myself. I wasn't going to take his word for it. I wanted to see for myself what was being preached. Which is something that, you know, even to this day I tell people, you know, and, and my pastor now says that, you know, don't believe me, check and see, you know. Um, so we don't be so ignorant of God's word. But um, not too long after that, as I started seeing, as I started getting fed that spiritual milk, so to speak, um, I started seeing that the things that I thought were opinions were actually fact because they were in God's word and they were being preached against. And so I started reading the Bible more. I had a, I really kind of at that time had almost a hunger for the, for the word. And it was kind of funny because I can remember during like a dinner at church, I was in the nursery reading about John the Baptist. And if you haven't read about John the Baptist, I'll give you a spoiler alert right now. He gets his head cut off. Well, my nephew and my niece were homeschooled were raised in church and so they knew the story but I remember reading it and then kind of screaming like oh my gosh and my niece come in to the nursery and she's like what's wrong and I'm like they cut his head off and she's like what are you talking about and I'm like John the Baptist they cut his head off and she just gave me a look like you're not all there but it was because I had never you know they had been they had grown up with those stories they had those accounts in the bible I don't want to call them stories with those accounts in the Bible. I didn't. And so it was all new to me. And before long I had rededicated my life to Christ and got back into church and and then my sister was like, you know, there's a class opening, a Sunday school class for the kids for fourth through sixth grade. Would you want to do it? And I'm like, I don't I hate kids. I don't even like kids, no. She's like, Well just pray about it. I think you would be good for it. I prayed about it, and I said, well, we can give it a try, and I loved it, and I loved all the kids that were in my class, and and pretty soon, all the kids that were in my class had graduated to teens, so I ended up, after prayer and talking to the pastor about it, ended up taking over the teen class and working with those teens, and now those teens are older, and some of them are married and have kids and have graduated college, and it's good to see some of them sometimes they're in church and so that that part's good but even though I was teaching I felt like the Lord was calling me to do more so um, we had a missionary come to our church and his name was Jerry Mullendore and um, he was talking about a unwed mother's home in Romania that they were building that some missionaries that were under him were building for these moms these and these girls that had no spiritual direction in their life. And so that really burdened my heart to work with them because I knew what that was like. Um, because I didn't have like a spiritual spiritual foundation in my life. So ended up praying about it and saying, you know, I think I want to do this. And I remember going to my mom and dad and saying, hey, I'm, I, I think the Lord's called me to Romania. And they were both like, no. And so I kind of put on the back burner. And that happened for about two years, two or three years, to the point that my dad was like, because Brother Jerry would come about once a year to do a revival or missions conference. And so he, every time he came, you know, I would talk to him more, and then I would go to my parents. And so it got to the point where my dad would say, I don't want to hear the words Jerry Mullendore, missionary, Romania. I don't want to hear those in this house because you're stupid I don't want to hear I mean he told me that and so I never talked about it anymore and I remember going to my mom and telling my mom and my mom finally said you know if you really feel and they still weren't in church if you really feel like the Lord has called you to do it okay you know I'm not happy about it but okay and so that was significant for me because neither one of them were in church but my dad was still very much against it and so, um, so I think like in 2004 was probably the last time really that I talked to my mom and dad about it. And not too long after that, my dad passed away from leukemia. And it was like not too long after that, that I call, that I finally felt the Lord was saying it's time. I went to missionary training school, which was in 
Ohio. And while there, I had to give, they had a training where you had to give your testimony, your calling, the church that you're from, all of those things within three minutes. And so I had to go back to one of the pastor's wives to work on it. While I was working on it, um, I'm telling her my testimony a little bit, and my dad had just passed away, and um, this was like 2007, and um, she actually told me that the reason my dad had died was because I had disobeyed God, so it was my fault, and so that was a lot of, a lot of guilt that even, even till the day my mom passed away, I never... I don't even know if my sisters really knew about it. I mean, I've since talked about it, but I never told my mom because I know that would turn my mom away from the Lord because after my dad died, my mom started going back to church again. Now to back up a little bit because I forgot a really important piece. Um, I went to a church that there were no men my age that were faithful. There was one guy that I thought was faithful in the Lord. And so I had prayed, and I was like, you know what? I am going to ask him out. And so I saw him on a, on a Saturday. I was up at church mowing grass, and he lived in the apartments behind the church, and he was coming over, and I was going to ask him, hey, you know, why don't we go get something to eat one day after church or something? And so he came over, and he said, guess what? And I'm like, what? He's like, I'm moving to Hawaii. Like, I'm moving, like, within the next week or two. And I was like wow, the Lord really slammed the door on that one. And so I was like, well, I kind of would like to have a relationship with a guy, you know, there isn't anybody around and somebody had mentioned eHarmony. So I was like, well, I can try it. So I got on there and, um, met a guy and we talked on the phone and I can remember my mom, like, you talked on the phone with him for like four hours. What do you have to talk about? And I'm like, oh, we're talking about church and Jesus, you know, stuff like that. And so, um, he actually come over from Ohio and my mom drove up to Greensburg to drive by. We went and ate Chinese and then went bowling and to make sure that he wasn't like some serial killer because she had told me, I mean, she was like really worried. She's like, don't get in the car with him. Don't get in the car with him. Don't get in the car with him. You know, you, wherever you go, you meet him there. My bosses from work at the time took off from their lunch break to come and follow us to make sure that I was safe. So i thankful for that, that they had, that there were people that worried about me. But we went out and ate Chinese and went bowling. And during the time I was talking to him, I told him that I felt like the Lord had called me to missions. And he was like, I don't feel like that at all. I feel like the Lord's called me to preach or, but no missions. So I was like, okay. So um, we went out and then I kind of think we kind of emailed each other. If you don't know who I'm talking about right now, I'm talking about my husband, but we kind of emailed each other for a little bit, but then we kind of lost contact. And so um, I went ahead and did the mission thing and went to the missionary training and actually took my survey trip over to to Romania. Hi. Hi. And um, come back and started deputation. And... Uh, then I felt like the Lord, after five years at my job, was like, hey, you need to quit this job and go full-time deputation. So I quit on December 31st of 2008, and on January 3rd or 4th, Brother Jerry called me and said, hey, like the doors have shut to Romania, and really there's nowhere to send you right now. So I was like, okay, so I'm kind of like in like limbo, I'm like in turmoil, like where do I go, what do I do? So I end up getting a summer, you know, getting a summer job, finding, you know, finding some part-time jobs when he called me and said well what about the Philippines and I said at this point I'll go wherever you want me to go which was probably not the right answer I didn't give any prayer prayer at all I was just like yeah I'll go and not too soon after that the Lord closed the doors to the mission field completely and that was the end of 2010 in 2011, I really needed someone to talk to that had, that was in the ministry. And I remember contacting my cousin that lived out West and he had mentioned, well, why don't you come out this way? We take mission trips to these countries all the time. But I was like, no, I don't want to move out there to do that. And the Lord put on my heart, this guy that I had met back in 2005. So my, my dad had died in January and this was November of 2005. 
And so um, I contact him via Facebook and was wondering if he got, like, I'm kind of hesitant about it, but I went ahead and did it because I'm like, is he married? He might be married by now. You know, what's up with that? So um, he immediately messaged me back on Facebook and... I don't know if I'd call it immediately. (laughs) You messaged me back and you remembered every... You remembered everything. You remembered, like, where we went on our first date. You were asking me if I still sung at church and still worked with the teens at church. And and we started um, doing couples. We started, you, you, well, you drove over from Ohio and went to church. Well, even before that, we our second first date, we went to Bob Evans. And then we went to a church in Indy to go see a revival. Isn't that where we went? Yeah. Brother Danny was, and Miss Pam was. Yeah. In revival in, in Greenfield, I believe it was. Greenfield, that's right. And so we did that, and then we started. To, you started coming over like every weekend and staying at my nephew and niece's house, and we would do couples devotions after church on Sunday, and then um, we made it Facebook official in June, and then. Um, I remember that you, I had told you not too long after Christmas, not too long before Christmas that I wanted a ring and I told you that I wanted a diamond and I, t- I described it for you and what size and everything. And then I told, which I can't believe I was that bold, but I guess it's okay when it's over the phone because I don't think if I'd been face to face with you, if I would have told you that, but then like I told my mom what I'd said and my mom was like. I really, I don't think you're going to get a ring because I don't see this relationship going anywhere, which totally devastated me. And then I talked to my oldest sister when I was getting my hair cut and telling her that I told you I wanted a ring. And my sister's like, or I said before Christmas. And she's like, I can tell you right now, you're not getting anything before Christmas. You're not getting it. You're not getting it at Christmas. Little did I know that you had already talked to them. You know? I think it was like at a a Thanksgiving, uh, before Thanksgiving dinner at Jordan's. Yeah, at my nephew's, yeah. And then I had started driving to Ohio and spending the night with a, one of your friend of your family and staying the night. But this particular time, it was Thanksgiving, and my mom and my middle sister come over. And I can remember you, like, getting up from the couch and going in the other room, and I thought you were really going to let your mom sit down or something. And then you got down on one knee and... I was like, is a shoe untied or something? And then you opened the ring box and asked me to marry you. And I was shocked. I thought the whole thing was a joke for the longest time. Until you hand, I think you handed the ring box to my mom and asked my mom if she wanted it because I didn't want it. And then it was like, oh, he's, he's for real. But I say all that to say this, that during the time that I was in missionary training school and I was talking to an, an older couple, um, they had been married for a number of years, and I was explains to them like well I'd like to get married one day but I don't know that it'll ever happen she told me I wish I had kept it but she had told me that I needed to write down a list very specific list of everything that I wanted in a man like even the color of eyes and everything and pray about that every night now did I pray about it every night no but I did pray about it quite a bit and I honestly say that it was you because you are I mean everything even to the color of your eyes God, like, you were made for me. That's all I can say. You were made for me. Um, They wrote a song about that. Yeah, they did write a song about that. But I say all that because it was a waiting game. Like, I would go and read, you know, I'd hear about a friend getting married, and then I'd go and read the Bible, and I felt like the Lord was always saying, wait in my time, in my time, and I am not a patient person at all. Um, And so I was at the point where I was content being single, you know, and then, and then I met you, and then I was working at my job that I had quit before to go on deputation. I remember telling one of the ladies after I got after I got engaged, I was showing my ring, and she's like, "What happened to the guy that we thought was a serial killer?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy that I'm marrying." And we just had a big laugh about it. Just again, how amazing God is, and how uh, how He brings two people together. Uh, even though they don't know uh, necessarily where God's taking them. 
and what God's plans are. Yeah, so the whole podcast was, you know, for a couple years, because of where we're at, maybe like we live in kind of a small area, small town, we're between Cincinnati and Dayton, that um, there really, I mean, there is a couple of Christian radio stations, but we can't, I don't think we can pick them up too well in the house. Yeah, not, not on the, the radio in the house. They're, they just don't pick up very well. Not very good reception. And then there was there's one that I sometimes listen over um, my phone, which is WYGS in Indiana. And so I would listen to that sometimes. But I've been praying, and we had talked about, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a radio station, a Southern Gospel radio station? And then, um, but we kind of put it on the back burner. Oh, that costs too much money. We're never going to be able to do that. And then, um, I don't know about you, but I was praying, you know, like something, um, maybe not necessarily a podcast, but just something that would be encouraging to other believers and give hope to those that don't believe because there's so much negative negativity with, um, news outlets these days. Like, I mean... It seems like you hear all the bad stuff and you don't hear nearly any of the good stuff. And then, um, I don't know how long ago it was, but you said that you you were thinking about going back to school to get your degree. And I thought, well, I could I could go back and get get my degree in sign language because our five year old was born with hearing loss in one ear, and so when he was you know, starting to get where he could communicate, we would do sign language with him. And so, um, I thought, well, I could do that. And so my like end goal was that I could go and get my degree and then go to churches to teach them in hopes that they would start a deaf ministry at their church. Well, when I talked to the advisor, she said, well, it would be four years. It would take four years to do, to do the thing. And so I've been praying about it and thinking about it. And I was just kind of dragging my feet about it and doubting it. When I felt the Lord, I was doing a Bible study with some girls. And a question I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart was, we all know that the Lord's coming back. Now, nobody knows the day or the time, but we do know that he's coming back. Where do you want him to find you when he does come back? And my answer was automatically being about his business, doing what I can for the ministry. And so I felt like the Lord was saying, I don't want you to sit for four years and and do this. I want you to be active, you know, in the ministry. And there's no way that I could go for like two weeks of training for American Sign Language and learn everything that I could in two weeks to go around to churches. And so... I felt like the Lord put this on our heart, put it on my heart at least, about doing a podcast and getting people's testimonies. I'm really excited because I've heard some of the testimonies um, already up front, and they're good. I mean, it's amazing to, it, and it's going to be amazing for you to hear these testimonies because everybody falls into a different season of life. And so these testimonies, you might even feel like, oh, they're telling my story. And, um, they're just, they're just, it's a wonder to see what God has done in their lives and what God continues to do for others. Um, and that, I really am excited about that. And so we come up with unashamed because the Bible says we're not to be ashamed of the gospel. And I'm not ashamed, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Um, and like Bill said, you know, that's what the world wants us to be like, to be ashamed of being a Christian. I'm not going to be ashamed of being a Christian. Um, I'm Sherry Witt, and I'm unashamed of the gospel. That's how that's going to be. And um, so our earnest prayer is that God can be lifted up during these during these podcasts, during this time, that God can be lifted up because all glory and honor go to Him. And that the testimonies that are shared can be used to further His kingdom. Because I was just telling Bill, if one person says that they've heard the podcast and it's led them to the Lord then it's all worth it. Because like I said, it's not him and I. I mean, yeah, we're doing it, but we're the Lord's tools. The Lord's going to take this where he he wants to take it and as far as he wants to take it. And um, I really love the song, the Casting Crown song, Who Am I? Because that really, 
is, I guess, our response to this podcast and to our testimonies. Um, it's not because of who we are. It's because of what he's done, Jesus Christ. And it's not because of what we do, but it's because of who he is, Jesus Christ. And that's the purpose of the program. So I'm really excited to get started and see. I mean, the Lord's really opened some doors. I mean, it's come together so quick. You know, but yet so long, too. I mean, it's like it's like it's been some time of prayer and some time of seeking, but yet things are falling together yeah, quickly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Because it just seems like God just opened door. And, I mean, doors to, like, even things that we hadn't really thought about. And um, so, yeah, it's really exciting to see what the Lord's going to do. And then, you know, and, and, and to kind of talk briefly a, a little bit about, you know, the intro song. You know, one of our favorite groups is Brian Free and Assurance, and they sing the song Unashamed. And, I mean, they've got an, an album that's labeled Unashamed. Unashamed. And, you know, obviously, uh, and Unashamed being in that album, it's just a, it, it really, as you listen to the intro and just the the course, uh, just, you know, we're just little bits they uh, you know that song really uh, speaks to to us and, and just knowing there again uh, you know we don't have to be ashamed uh, Jesus himself uh, you know in his earthly ministry uh, how you know he didn't have a he didn't care who his audience was he was sharing with them about his father and and to me uh, that's just a uh, touching how you know as christians we should we, we should be ashamed to talk about our father and i and i understand sometimes our earthly fathers uh we not we may not be proud of everything that our father our earthly fathers have done but you know i i thank god that our heavenly father there's nothing that he's done that we should be ashamed of a matter of fact we should be proud of what god has done you know i mean there again my my dad himself would tell would tell me you know he never would talk to me much about you know the things he did in his life he wasn't always happy with the things he did i'm not always happy with the things that i've done in my life but i thank god that when i accepted jesus christ as my lord and savior he forgave me of my sins he took my sins as far as the east is from the west and and I, so i thank god for that that he has forgiven us and so i'm unashamed to tell others what god has done for me thanks for listening this week to our podcast unashamed we hope you enjoyed it the song unashamed is by brian free and assurance from their album unashamed you can find more information about Brian Free and Assurance, a wonderful Southern Gospel group, at their website, brianfreeandassurance.com. See you next week, y'all.